coaches, by coaches, this is Soccer Chat. <laughs> yes, that's the name of the show. <laughs> With Nick Rizzo. I don't know if I'm entirely ready for it. And Sean Sauterly. There's been no bigger show for Soccer Chat than this one. What's up, everybody? This is Soccer Chat, your weekly coaching podcast. We've got some great friends that support the show over at Dutick Brand. Check out dutickbrand.com for all your latest coaching accessories. Make sure to use the promo code SOCCERCHAT at checkout so that way you can get yourself a sweet discount that's dutigbrand.com our friends over at torix with the world's greatest ball pump go check it out t-o-r-r-x.com let them know what the soccer chat guy sent you our great homies over at bounce athletics we're going to give you a code here later on in the episode for you to be able to get fifty dollars off your first purchase at bounceathletics.com also shout out to the boys ellis riley and the mates over at soccer iq1 for all your tactical needs in training your team he's nick i'm sean and nick would like we just got done with the wisconsin women in soccer advisory council symposium and i'm and i'm still i can't even talk i'm still like on a high from that event Oh, it was incredible. Like, I was like, we were talking with Shannon uh, afterwards, and it just, I don't think a person left that and didn't want to go make everything about their career better. You know, like, it was just, it was so empowering in so many ways, not only to just see all the incredible people there, but to just hear, I mean, friggin' Becky Burley, Jill Ellis, all the other speakers. It's just like, how lucky are we to be, like, near and around people like that it's absolutely insane that like people like that would even come and like like be anywhere near some of the people like us you know it's it's yeah. absolutely bonkers yeah i uh i the takeaway for me through all that is you know we, and i think people tell us about the show is it's very humanizing uh the show kind of shows the human side in all of us as as coaches and to find out that um, Jill Ellis is a crazy hardcore gamer um, and how that's like the one non-soccer thing that she can she focuses on uh, was super, super awesome. I know uh, our good friend Shannon Danino, who was just on the show recently, who also is a massive gamer, um, had to uh, send a message to her fiance about, hey, uh, guess who else is a mad gamer? Jill Ellis. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, so she she kind of used that to to rub the salt in the wound a little bit. No, I mean, and if if you know Shannon and Stitch's relationship at all, I, it's a pretty competitive one anyway. So anything I think that they can either have to to one up each other is is something that they take mad advantage of. How cool was it to? Uh... Do basically be a part of a what drives winning presentation. Oh, I mean, it was like she's so awesome. I mean, like I, I just feel like, like, like for example, like we had um, the situation that she was talking about with uh, one of her players that um, after a game was crying on the bench and everything, and the, how she handled it. Like, so that was something that we dealt with a lot this year. Like, we had a lot. I mean, we were able to be successful, but we also had a lot of girls that were upset with playing time. Cause when you come from high school, sometimes you don't immediately play. And yeah. we had players crying on the bench and it was one of those things that, Hey, I hearing how she handled it and like how well, like everything went after that. I was just like that. It just shows me like that. I have so much still left to learn, you know, like that because oh, the way I handled it was nowhere near as good as the way that she handled it. And so it's one of those things that it just it's it made me just realize that like how special having a person like her to guide and mentor all the people like us is 
just, I mean, we're so very, very lucky to have people like her that are just, just incredible, incredible leaders and people. Becky did a, a fantastic job. Like I said, it was for me, I know I had to come in from, I was talking with someone and I came in during Becky's, um, speech. Like I was trying to figure, figure this out. It was, a, it was a session, but it, it wasn't like a lecture. Um, speaking engagement, that's what we'll call it. Uh, somebody somewhere is like, no, that's not what it's called. Um, but, uh, you know, I came in while, while she was doing her thing and, uh, it was the piece where I had the post-it note game and I was like, oh, I literally just watched this on what drives winning the other day and was like in it on it. Um, and felt like I was, you know, into that YouTube video where she does the exact same, uh, same sequence. Um, and it was really cool that she not only showed us and, and gave people who needed, um, the slides of, of what, uh, what everything was on there, but she then made us go through, uh, with people at our tables and, and, and explain like our answers. And it, so it was actually like she was working with us and we were a team. And I thought that was something that, um, everybody there, you could not have put a price tag on that experience alone of, of doing that with Becky. Oh no. I mean, like, yeah, you, you literally got to sit in and, and just be a huge part of it. And I, I don't know about you, but it was just cool. Like even hearing the perspective of the people at my table, like just mm -hmm. hearing all the different things that they were going through, because sometimes I feel like as coaches, we get so caught in our own brains of like, I have to be the only coach that is going through this. There's no way that anyone's dealing with the, the difficult things that I am. And you realize, oh man, like literally every person is going through the exact th same things that I am. And, and, and you know what, sometimes life is really, really tough. And, and that's like, sometimes that's, you just have to recognize that you're not alone and you have so many people that are out there ready to support you, ready to be a part of your squad. And it, it was just cool for me to just sit at the table and realize like, Hey, I have a lot of people that are going through so many similar things that I'm going through. And it just makes me feel so much better that like, I have people that I can trust and bounce ideas off of, even if we don't talk every single day. I, uh, did, did you know the secret about Becky's slides that she, that she used in that? Nope. Do you know that uh, at, I would say, right when they started, I think when registration started, uh, Becky was kind of off to the side near where that coffee shop's at. And if you've been to downtown kitchen, you kind of know where that uh, that little cafe area is. Um, Becky was opening up her presentation and only one slide was on her PowerPoint. Oh, no. And she was like, I just used this yesterday and everything was on there. How in the world does every slide but one get deleted? And as a as the co-chair of the Mutual Admiration Society, um, I looked at her and said, sometimes we make mistakes with computers and sometimes it's what we do with various pushing of the buttons. And she, <laughs> Becky and her uh, her humor was like, I'm not a button pusher. I know what I was doing. <laughs> um, and I, so then I said, you know, well, what's the plan? And she was like, well, I'm just going to make new slides and. People can just deal with it. So all those, I don't know which slide was the one that made it uh, from the previous one that she had done, but all those slides she made brand new for everybody right there uh, leading into that presentation. Just the ultimate boss. She is. She absolutely is. Um, and was just, it was cool to, to get to, to hang out with her and, and chat with her again um, after we did in Baltimore. Uh, and I think um, Becky is like, uh, I always joke with people that uh, at the high school I worked at, I ate lunch with all the English teachers. So I always refer to myself as the hashtag honorary English teacher. Um, and I feel like 
Becky, we could dub her like the hashtag honorary soccer chat host. Yes. Oh, man. If like it would give us so much street cred if Becky came on sometime and just <laughs> hosted for us. She um, was telling me she was recently on a podcast. Uh, and I, I, maybe you were. I, I, I think that you were near me, but I don't think that you were because it was a little bit during it was during the social when everybody was kind of really split up at that moment in time. Um, cause I was sitting down talking to Shannon and bet Becky came over and mentioned, she said, you know, we were talking about the podcast and everything. She said, you know, it's funny. She said, there's a guy, um, near her in Gainesville who has a podcast and he just has people on to talk about, uh, you know, just like what they do and stuff. And she mentioned that he claims that he is the reason of the popularity of the motor scooter in Gainesville. And yeah. Becky kind of turned that on him, um, because I, he, I think he said something, you do have questions for me. And she said, well, I've got kind of more of a statement. I just want you to know I've had a motor scooter at the University of Florida since, you know, whatever year. Uh, I think I'm the one. I'm t- she said, I think I'm the one who started the scooter revolution here in Gainesville and kind of turned it back on him and said that he was like super funny about it and, and had some one liners back at her. She didn't tell me the name of the podcast, but I guess if you could just look up Becky Burley scooter, although there's probably some funny images that will come up. Um, Becky Burley Scooter, if you find that podcast, send it to me uh, because I would like to hear that one because I feel like that would be a fascinating tale. Yo, yeah, I, I would be. It would be interesting to see because she's so professional to like see her be like, whoa, 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 listen, you're you're probably the second best or the second most important scooter person, but it, you're you're <laughs> definitely not number one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, Nick, I know we were chatting earlier uh, a little bit about all of our, our friends that support the show. And I know that uh, you took a, a little bit harder look at the Dynamo goal that we got to see while we were in um, in Baltimore at the convention. Yeah, I mean, they have so many amazing products with with everything that they have at Bounce Athletics. But the aluminum folding Dynamo goal from Bounce Athletics is the world's most portable and durable small side goal. Weighing only 19 pounds. That's insane. 19 pounds. And only taking five seconds to set up or fold flat. The Dynamo goal is utilized by the entire North American soccer spectrum. From rec programs to MLS clubs to create dynamic small-sided training and game environments. Available in both 3x5 and 4x6 size, the Dynamo goal requires no staking. So it's perfect for all training services. So if you have turf, you got grass. It works for everything. Net customization is also available for those programs looking to create professional training environment. We could we get some new logos. We might need to talk about that in a little bit. But visit DynamoGoal.com for complete details. The goal started only two fifty seven a goal with free shipping. And hashtag Soccer Chat listeners get a fifty dollar discount on their first order when they use the offer code Soccer Chat. Not case sensitive, so you don't have to worry if you're bad at typing like me, bad at remembering passwords. Just soccer chat in any caps that you want and the, the dynamo goal and bounce will hook you up. Well, what what awesome job for them. What awesome job. They're good people. They are. I love Zach and the guys up there. Um, they uh, Zach reached out to me the other day. I was like, hey, man, let's get you some bibs. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I can, I'm in dire need of new bibs. Let's get this going. Made sure to use my soccer chat promo code to get myself $50 off my first purchase with Bounce Athletics. And you should as well. You know who I talked to the uh, actually uh, the uh, the last night, I think it was. Last night or this morning? I, I Honestly, I can't remember. And it's going to – I don't want to offend this person now that I, I don't remember when they text me. But the homie Gary Kerning 
texted me, I want to say last night and this morning, and got to talk with Gary a little bit uh, and, and checking in on him. And, and he's had some awesome shows lately on uh, the Modern Soccer Coach. I don't know if you got to catch it, Nick, but his show with uh, our new homie, Leslie Gallimore, uh, was really good. I found myself uh, the last couple of weeks, I, I listened to hers um, on my way to work a couple of times just to kind of get in the mood. And man, uh, I cannot wait for Leslie to come on the show. Oh, I mean, like, She's pot committed at this point. She she pretty much promised us that she was going to come on the show. Yeah, so. I, I I think yeah, I promise. I think she told us and basically like held us for ransom. It was like I'm going to get on the show. Because obviously she, we she say wants, yes. Uh, she wants a soccer chat effect. So I, I think one of the things we do have to talk about on this week's show is the soccer chat effect and how it's affecting not only soccer chat listeners and people that we've had on the show before, but Sean, congrats, man. I'm glad it's out there because I'm bad at keeping secrets. And so you can ask my fiance, I'm really horrible at it. And so when I know things that I'm not allowed to hurt you later on when you're married. Yeah. I, when I know things that I'm not allowed to talk about, it's really hard for me to like not talk about it. So I'm really glad to, um, not, uh, have to keep the secret of the, the big new position that you got. Yeah. I really thought we were gonna make it through this week without having to talk about it. Uh, Why? Uh, you know, I, I think my, I think I'm just keeping way low to, or way too low key on it. Um, so like the whole time I was like, okay, here's our timing. Here's our timing. Oh yeah. We won't be have to talk about it. Um, no man, it's, uh, it, it's been crazy. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing everybody heard that I'm the new women's head coach at Brescia university in Owensboro, Kentucky. It's an NAI school. Um, you know, it, the process, as I kind of talked to some people this past weekend, um, is <laughs> I always feel like things in my life happen and it's almost like a, uh, like I, it's like material for a stand up routine. And I don't know what everybody else's process like was, is of getting a job, but, um, the five days that it took me, uh, to get this job, it was just like some of the events that just happened, um, such as, playing phone tag with the athletic director and then finally getting a call while I'm going up three flights of stairs at a parking garage, uh, carrying boxes of pizza and having to like drop the pizza so I could answer the phone. Uh, you know, it's, it's just been, uh, it, it was a fun ride. Um, and now it got started on Tuesday and, and hit the ground running and just excited about, uh, things to come. I, 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 I feel like, uh, uh, some of, uh, my friends who have, uh, who have reached out and, you know, everybody has been awesome of, of quote tweeting the, the school's announcement, um, and, uh, you know, sending all messages. Like I, I joke all the time about how horrible my phone is right now with its battery life and all y'all destroyed my phone yesterday. Um, I <laughs> are on Tuesday, my phone like started, like it was fine. It was cool. And then the first moment they put it out. I think it dropped to 20% in the span of four minutes from like 95. Um, and so I got it charged back up and as soon as I unplugged it, it would go right back down. And it's still been that way. Cause the, it, the, the amount of um, responses and people just showing love, it just like, it, it's, it's been very humbling and very, um, it's been big for me uh, as a person who, just, you know, not too long ago, had lost a lot of confidence um, in myself as a coach, man. I mean, there were some people who sent some stuff that I was, like, forcing myself not to just get crazy emotional and, like, let go. Um, 
Uh, except for though my wife's post that one that one got to me um and i i I absolutely had to but uh yeah i it's one of those things where and i'm sure you can attest to this and i think anybody who knows me knows i really like downplay the whole like soccer chat and i guess it's quote-unquote popularity um so i'm always a person that's like ah you know nobody knows who i am like that that's okay um and the amount of people like i said that have reached out text message dm posting on Facebook, posting on, on Twitter, uh, Instagram, all that stuff. It's so shocking to me that like that many people, um, not so much even know who I am, but like care too. And like, are like genuinely happy. And I'm just like, it, it was, it was, I don't know. It was beyond, uh, imagination. It was beyond dreams that I could think of. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful for, uh, for this soccer chat community because, uh, you know, it was, um, it, it's because of them why we're doing what we're doing. And I feel like they kind of, uh, kind of propelled me and then pushed up. Although some of y'all, some of y'all are, are getting on the bad side to where, um, the school has put out some, like, what are they saying graphics, uh, of some various, uh, people who have sent stuff in and I know there was like three or four that went out today and there's a couple more that are going out uh, on Thursday when this comes out uh, and featuring one of them featuring our guest that's on today. Um, <laughs> people are reaching out and they're like, Hey, if I give you a quote, can I get on one of those? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I really don't want to keep putting all those out, but I mean, like if you want one, I'll make one for you and you can do it. Uh, but no, I do have to give a big shout out to my boy, uh, Jeff Givens, uh, one of my best friends, uh, for a very long time. Uh, Jay give, um, a lot of people are, were, I guess were expecting me to do my own graphics, uh, like I, I've, I've done for all my other teams. Um, but I felt really special and wanted to, uh, um, wanted to do something right for this program. So I reached out to Jeff who I taught graphic design with Jeff has a freelance graphic design, uh, company, follow him on Twitter at Givens designs, um, and, and reach out to him cause he does very, very good work. He does high quality stuff. Uh, and, and he's going to make you look a lot better than what you are. And I, he has done a very good job, uh, the last, uh, last 48 hours of making me look a lot better, uh, than what I am. Uh, so I'm, I, you know, Nick, I thought about you had sent a quote in and I know we kind of joked at the, um, symposium about like, I was very scared to use it. Um, so what I've decided it is, is that, while I can't use it, that doesn't mean I can't visually um, embrace your statement that you made. Uh, so anybody who's following our social media, uh, get ready. We've got a lot of cool things planned. I know the uh, the girls are excited. I was just chatting with some of them today because they're on spring break, um, and it seems to be a big um, there's there's a big joy and a big uh, excitement uh, brewing on campus, and, and and we're ready to get going. That's awesome. No, it's going to be, I think we're all pretty pumped to, to watch how you do. I think it's, it's going to be pretty special to just see what, where you take that program and everything that comes with it. Uh, or I could really prove you and I's theory that we really suck at coaching. I mean, that's what I try to do every day. <laughs> you try to suck every day? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, you try not to? Yeah, I, you know, I, th- I feel like we said something about a t-shirt about that once. Like the t-shirt needs to be like, I, trying not to suck today. Try not to suck today. Yeah, I, you know, if if I can if I can live up to that standard of not sucking, I think I'll be very happy with with what goes on. 
Um, so yeah, I guess I should, I should plug, uh, their social media. I, I got through and got everything changed. So if you want to follow along with the Brescia Bearcats, it's at Brescia, B-R-E-S-C-I-A-W sock. And that's on, uh, on all platforms. And if you give them a follow, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, you know, speaking of appreciation, you want to get into this week's interview? Let's do it. This is coming to you live from Baltimore at the United Soccer Coaches Convention, powered by our good friends over at Exact Sports. It's only fitting, I guess, to uh, to have this week with everything that's kind of went on, to have the good brother making his return. Uh. On your mark, ready, set, let's go. Dance floor pro, I know, you know, I go psycho when my new joint hit. Just can't sit, gotta get jiggy with it. That's it, now honey, honey, come ride. DKNY, all up in my eyes. You got a rider, bag with a lot of stuff in it. Give it to your friend, let's spin. Everybody looking at me, glancing a kid. Wishing they was dancing a jig here with this handsome kid. Sick a cigar right from Cuba, Cuba. I just bite it, it's for the look, I don't light it. It'll weigh the ammo on the hand, stay all play. Give it up, jiggy, make it feel like four play. Yo, my cardio is infinite. Ha <laughs> Big Willie Styles all in it. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. It wouldn't be convention with soccer chat. It wouldn't be soccer chat without the godfather of our show, without the, the, the great uncle of our show, the good brother, Randy Waldron from Pitt. Uh, so much has happened since the last time we talked to you in, in uh, Chicago at convention. You just started the pit job uh, going into the spring season. Uh, your staff, anybody who's followed along has seen the, the incredible work uh, that you all did this year and the season that you all had. And, and we know where it's going to be going, uh, the direction that you're heading into. What all has happened uh, since the last time we talked last year? Well, I, I think it's been a really busy year for us. Like you mentioned, we had to um, really come in and try to revamp the program. And, um, you know, by doing that, sometimes you make hard decisions and have to make some changes, and, and we did. And brought in 21 new players this year. 17 of them were freshmen, and I think we had most of our games. We started nine freshmen. So it's an exciting time because it's really kind of starting a new era there. And uh, not only for the staff and the program, but really with the kids that we have. And we got a great group that's really excited about it. I think a lot of the credit of, of that should go to our recruiting guys, uh, the assistants, uh, my son Ben and then Dustin Stein. Um, they've done a great job hitting the road really hard since that announcement uh, that we were taking on the job. And the recruiting's gone really well. The, the locals there in Pittsburgh have really embraced us. And um, so we're excited about where the program's going. Had a lot of short-term success with some wins this year that we didn't get the year before and and turning the corner against the ACC competition but we still have a long way to go to, to catch the yeah. Carolinas and the Virginias and the Florida states of the world but we're, we're we're certainly now in the conversation in the ACC whereas we haven't been for years one of the things I thought was cool was we had kind of talked last year about just kind of this new direction that Pitt is going in as an athletic department in yeah. general and as someone, as, as, a, as a big fan of Jeff Capel and watching and, and following what his basketball team is doing, the imagery of that program from basketball, it almost seems like you're, every sport's getting their own like image to where you're having the uh, custom crests made and the other yeah. teams are having their own custom stuff made. And the, the visuals of your guys' program 
I mean, it looks like, like you said, it's a completely new era, not just for the women's soccer, but for Pitt in general, I think. Yeah, it really is. And a credit goes to our chancellor um, uh, of the university and, and also to Heather Like, our, our athletic director, uh, that's got this great vision for Pitt Athletics. And um, as you mentioned, we just unveiled last week in a press conference the, the building of uh, some brand new athletic facilities at the top of the hill where we're located. and coming out with this vision, calling it Victory Heights. And so we're going to build a brand new lacrosse uh, stadium. We're going to build a brand new um, outdoor track for our track program. It'll be a building for all sports science related research since we're such a great medical institution. And uh, obviously our facility right now is going over uh, some new upgrades in our current facility that we have. So it's a really good time for Pitt Athletics as far as that goes. And like you mentioned, I think she's done a really good job of um, bringing in a lot of good coaches like Jeff Capel and and you know when I first Yourself, got, you can say it it's well, okay we'll, 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 we'll say it for the, you the, How about that? the jury's out on that one but uh, <laughs> you know but I think she came in and I think she made seven coaching changes wow. once once she came on board and I think the bottom line is now the commitment level is we want to compete not only in the ACC but nationally and I think for years so much of it went just into American football or into basketball and. And so it's great to, to have the leadership that we have at the university. So real excited about that. What uh, was the highlight of the season this year? Obviously, you know, like you said, kind of turning around the corner on some big wins. Yeah. But uh, maybe there was something that we, we didn't see on uh, TV or ESPN. Yeah, yeah, you know what? A couple of things I think that really come to mind for me is um, the, the, the way we turn things around. So we hadn't won. And I say we, I'm including myself in years even before me at Pitt, but I don't think we had won an ACC game in four or five years, since maybe 2016, something like that. Uh, so to get the first win against Boston College was pretty memorable because the kids that had, were there, that had kind of gone through some of it, you know, to see them have tears in their eyes of yeah. such happiness to finally get a win. Uh, we had had a draw against Syracuse and Miami prior to that game, but uh, you know, which was even an improvement to, to get a couple of ties. But I think the BC game probably was was a real big one, only from the standpoint of... Um, this guy here. Yeah, see, they're already giving me a hard time. But I think that one being the first win is really memorable. Um, you know, uh, and it, the thing a lot of people don't understand is the year before with the team we had inherited, before we made the changes, BC had beaten us 7 nothing at their place. So in a year to go from losing seven nothing to winning two one uh, is pretty pretty remarkable. And then the same with NC State. We had lost six zero to NC State the year before. This year we beat NC State two one yeah. at home. So those two were pretty memorable. And, and actually, to be honest, we played really well for what we had even against Carolina. For 60 minutes we were winning that game, and um, we played Florida State really well uh, to lose only one nothing. So so there was several key moments during the season that I probably look back on and say it's that might be a turning point for our programs to gain some confidence that we need in, in moving forward. Uh, I think some of the things people don't know is we put a brand new big video board up on our stadium. Uh, we put in a brand new surface. It's it's unfortunately turf, but because of the facility location, we, we have to because we share with the men. But we went out and we got the best turf in the, probably I think in the world. Uh, I think we're the first university to have it. It's uh, the same turf that the Bundesliga uses for those teams. So I figured if if Bayern's okay putting their, yeah. mi their million dollar players right. on it, it it's probably going to be okay for us. And uh, and so that the stadium's getting a facelift too, which a lot of people may not know, but it's in, it's going to be really nice uh, for this coming fall. What, uh, you know, I, I, was, I watched a few of the games uh, that you guys had this year because you know, with, with 
with this podcast and our Twitter chat, we just we find ourselves following along with everybody and making sure you know everybody's doing well and whatnot. Um, for me, I, I, I don't know. We always, we were kind of joking the other day about we feel like proud dads whenever we've had people on yeah. and we see what's been going on. And yeah. I can remember the first time we talked, you had just gotten the pit job. Right. Last time we talked, you were starting your first spring yeah. uh, with them. And then now here you are. Our, our baby boy <laughs> was successful this year and there's, yeah. they're going to keep going up. What is something that with the new facility, with this new uh, image of, of the university, what's 2020 got in store for uh, for your, your program? Well, if, if I'm honest, I, I think... Um, we still the 2020 class that we're bringing in is is better than what we have which is you always want it to to get better that way um and i'm excited about what we're bringing in 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 2020 we're we're going to have eight more new faces uh four of them have already arrived on campus coming in early and they're already even a, a notch above some of the players that we recruited from last year so that's that's what you want to do in your building blocks but um i think we could I think if the ball will bounce the right way in a few of these games, we could be a contender to maybe on, be on that precipice, I guess, of getting into the into the NCAA tournament if some things went the right way. I think realistically 2021 would be more in the long-term plan of going, I think we'll be there by 2021, we'll be where we want. But I think we do have enough with what we saw out of this group, this freshman group this year, and what we got coming in. I do think we'll be good enough. We're still just going to be young. But I think if some things can fall our way a little bit, especially in the non-conference segment, uh, I think we might have a chance to, for the first time ever in, in our program's history, to, to make the tournament. For you, what are some of the things that I, because I, I brought in big classes before too. Yeah. It, do you find it at your level still difficult? Where there, all right, so there's 21 coming in, and they're like not starting and they're not one of the nine freshmen that are yeah. starting yeah. and they're like well if i'm behind them now like am i going to be behind them yeah. next year and yeah. the year after that and the year after that do you run into some difficulty at that level with that too we still do and i i would probably sit here and tell you we will have a handful of players that came in this year and that maybe didn't get as much time and are thinking the exact thing that you mentioned yeah. Nick, that you know hey he's just keeps bringing in better and better how do i fit in and that's one thing where we try to challenge the players and we try to let them know we, we are. It's our obligation to continue to bring in better players. So we kind of try to really make them understand the importance of putting that time in and that extra work that they need. But I would say in the long haul, we may still have next year when the, the group comes in and if they get a second year under their belt where they don't get the minutes, you, you may have a little bit of turnover where they go try to find the place where they can go play. Yep. So I don't think that's any difference of no. Division One, Two, II, or Three. I think that's... It's it, it's just part of the evolution of a team. Oh yeah, I mean I tell them every year, and like this is like I love all you guys, but yeah. at the end of the day, my job is to out recruit recruit you, and if you're and your job is to prove to me I can't do it. Yeah. And if if we are having that like kind of healthy competition internally, right. where like you know I'm coming for you, and you're yeah. trying to make sure like hey no no you're right. not yeah. like it's how we are as players. Like yeah. whenever anyone was you were a player and someone was trying to take your starting spot, like it just like well yeah. no you're not like yeah. you know, but it's just it, you kind of have to have that in order yeah. to advance. You, you want those players that have that attitude of like. No, okay. You got a new group coming, but they're taking somebody else's spot, not mine. Yep. Yeah, and and that's that's when that's when you know you got something special when you have players that have that mindset and the ability to to fend that off, and that's that's when you got your program where you want it to be. I think. Yeah. What uh, you know, last year kind of gave us the, the the chat, and you kind of said this year when it comes to convention of. Uh, enjoying not having to do as much, just being able to come to relax. What are some sessions that caught your eye? Uh, maybe ones that you were excited about, or ones that you just happened to stumble upon and you were really taken back by it. 
Well, I, I haven't still seen a lot of the, the field sessions. I've gone into a couple of classrooms because I still had a few meetings at, you know, the Division One meetings, and I did want to have been a big advocate of the of the uh, 21st century model, yes. so I went in and listened to that. We're going to talk about that. All right, I went in to listen to that one with Sasho and his group, and but I, you know, stumbled across a little bit of the La Liga session yesterday, and I was just out of curiosity, wanted to see how that might differ from what we're doing. I'm, I'm interested in seeing uh, Todd Beans today. You know, I think he's got some quite innovative ideas about the way he wants to develop and train players. So I'm looking forward to that one. You know, Willie McNabb always does a great job both on, the, on the field and in the classroom. So his, his are some that I've enjoyed a little bit. Um, but that's really probably the, the ones that stick out of what I've seen so far. And obviously, you know, Baltimore is a special city when it comes to convention. It's, uh, for me, it's uh, the first convention I ever came to was in Baltimore. Um, what is it about Baltimore that uh, United Star Coaches just, just says, hey, this is a spot we know we can always come back to? Well, I, I can only tell you from my experience being on the board, uh, I keep wanting to say NSCAA. <laughs> I still have a hard time with United Soccer Coaches. But, um, you, you know, when I served on the board and was the president of the board, the, the one thing that the two sites that always did very well for us is Baltimore and Philadelphia. Yeah. And I think a large part of that is due to the fact that if you look at our demographic of our membership, most of it is in the Midwest to the east part of the country. And so those do well. In fact, um, in the early years, and I can't remember off the top of my head what year we went to Santa Clara, but we had gone to Santa Clara and it didn't do well because the people from the east wouldn't travel all the way across and we didn't have a big following in the, in the west coast. And so for years we never went west, and we kind of would go maybe occasionally into an Indianapolis or still one of my favorite ones, you know, a Kansas City, somewhere like that. Um, but I think now, you know, going to back to California again next year, and we were just there a couple of years ago. Uh, I think we're now starting to broaden that demographic base uh, for the association. But I think I think we'll always find Baltimore and Philadelphia as being kind of our go-to places as a, as an association that. This is where we, we tend to, to draw the most and do the best. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the thing that's kind of been special about this, uh, the, the whole convention experience is something that um, a lot of our listeners will, will always tell us. One of the things that they absolutely love about the show is, is and even using you as an example, so many people have told us that they listen to the show, they, they do the Twitter chats on Wednesday nights, they see your name get brought up, they reach out to you, and you reach out back to them. <laughs> and you may... Uh, within the middle of their season, check in on them just to yeah. see how things are going. Yeah. And the thing about convention is it's very similar like that. It's you see, uh, you know, a, a Randy, you see a Becky Burley, you see a, a Sasha, uh, you know, and you can walk up to them and talk to them and ask them yeah. questions, and they're so open about it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think, and I can only speak kind of for my generation too, and I'm a lot older than you guys, but you're still it, a grizzled young vet. Yeah, like, let's not kid but, yourself. But I always had help. You know, I always had mentors that I looked up to, and they were always good to me. I could, people like you know Bob Gansler, Shellis Heinemann. You know, I mean, I can kind of go down the list a little bit, but they were always coaches that I felt like I could pick up the phone and they would be there for me. And I've always wanted to be that way back. I think sometimes we. We, um, we create a culture of, our, of coaches, and not only in this sport, but in all sports, of where everybody want to, wants to keep what they do secret. I don't want to, yeah. I'm being successful here, and I don't want to share that information. And I've just always been under the belief that if we really and truly want to grow the game, which is what we're all about, then we need to share that info. Because at the end of the day, you still have to, you know, Pep Guardiola could come in here and, and give me his practice session on paper, but I've still got to go out and coach it. And if I can't, Put the imprint and, and 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 put the information in in a way 
um, that he can. I'm not going to get as much out of that session as he does. So sharing what you do for practices, and I mean, it's just part of the, I just think it's part of our obligation as we continue to grow the game. And, um, you know, the good thing about it is I think as, as a sport, we've got a lot of really good people. At, at the end of the day, I think we do have a lot of coaches that generally feel that way and, and want to share and, and want to spend time. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think this is a great place. You're right, you can go up and see any, I mean, you know, if Jill walked by here today, she would stop and talk yeah. to you, you know, and well, probably take, do you not take us. photos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, she would do that for you, trust me. But, you know, you go around and you look here and you see, you know, pro players and, you know, uh, Hall of Fame coaches and yeah. everywhere you go, and yet they all have time for you. So it's, it's a great setting. I, I love this time of the year. As I, and last night kind of opened up my eyes with the, uh, the social for the coaches of female athletes. Um, I, I was running over to, to put one of the videos on, and I just kind of look, somebody sits down beside me on the yeah. bench, and it's Jill Ellis. Yeah. And I'm just like, in my I'm not like looking at her crazy, right. but in my mind, I'm like, why are you, yeah. why, why are you sitting next to me? <laughs> yeah. Like, here I am with a, a World Cup champion. Right. Um, but it is, it's just, it's so cool how convention brings yeah. all different levels, all yeah. various uh, coaching styles uh, together under one roof, and we're all here for the same reason. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's just a great organization, and kudos to our coaches out there that are uh, willing to do those things. Yeah, I mean, as Sean mentioned it before, one of the things we did want to talk about with you, because you're such a big advocate, is the two-semester mile. So yeah. tell us a little bit about kind of your journey over the last year with that, because it really is kind of, especially on the both fronts but really yeah. on the women's side it's starting to pick up a little bit yeah. um and because the men are obviously going to make a decision pretty soon too yeah. i think yeah T talk a little bit about the last year with that sure well what, what happened is when i got back into the college game from from the pro game uh and i started finding out that the men have been now seven years into organizing yeah. this and getting it finally getting it into legislation and i started asking around about the women it's like well no we're the women coaches don't want it and they're trying to do an expanded season model not a two semester model just expand what we have and and it, it just struck me as what well, does this doesn't make sense why why are we why is this happening and why aren't we aligned with what the men are doing so i started doing a little digging and, and long story short um i think what was really happening is and i hate to say this because it, it puts some people under the bus a little bit but i've got to be honest and tell you that our coaches, committee chair people, who all meet a couple of times a month, or a couple of times every couple of months, um, and, the, and the chairperson of that, I think that committee was taxed with trying to develop an expanded season. So they started developing an expanded season. Now, now mind you, I'm all for, if we didn't have the two semester model and we only could keep the season, I would be for the expanded season yep. model. Right, because it expands it by two more weeks. But the problem with that model is it only expands two weeks, and there's no more weeks to expand it. Yeah, you can't no. go can't go into the summer, and you can't go farther than mid December. So that model really doesn't work, especially with what survey and studies just came out on the sports science and catastrophic injuries. We're getting ready to be dictated by the NCAA of you're probably going to have seven to ten days acclimation period when you come off a of summer break before you can start your preseason well now that that takes a week of that week out of it and then you're also going to probably have uh situations where they're going to require us to have x number of days between games right now the numbers kicked around as five well if they do fives that means you're kind of playing once a week so we're going to lose games because 
we, we can't keep what we have if, if we have to go from that. So to me, that model didn't work. And then when I did some homework, I found out that the men's model had never been discussed at the committee level. And, and it really upset me because their job is to represent all of us. And I do know in fairness, I have to give Robbie Church some kudos here. I do know as our ACC conference rep, and he's not one that's fully vetted and on board with the two semester model. So I gotta be honest about that. But I know he did bring up in July a conference call. He's like, don't we need to at least be looking at this? Yeah. And he was shot down and said, no, we're past that. The, the, the coaches don't want it. Here's what upset me too, and I said this in the Division One meeting, and I kind of got cut off when I said this, but they keep kicking around 70% uh, of our women's coaches want the expanded model. And I said, yeah, that's true. 70% of us want something yeah. that expands the season. I said, but when we did a survey back in 2016, before the, anybody knew any details about the model, 50% of the coaches in that survey wanted a two-semester model. I said, so if you guys would have gone down the path of, instead of an expanded model, if you had gone down the path of the two semester, that number may be 70%. So it's don't let 70% mislead you into thinking that 70% of our coaches want the expanded model and not the two semester. Yeah, they want right? something. They want something. And so let's go back and make sure we do our due diligence. And as conferences, we go back and talk about it. So that's been a big piece of it. I think the other piece is what I was finding out, because I've been sending out uh, on our listserv emails to promote this and all the feedback I'm getting the coaches are 330 division one and then division two and three probably know even less the coaches didn't know what's in the model they, no they don't know and so that shocked me too so we've got a big challenge I think we've at least now got it back where it's being discussed at the conference committees the next challenge is making sure all the coaches do their due diligence instead of being apathetic and really click on that link and read through the data on the on the two semester model. What have you found have been people's biggest objections to it? Well, I hear things like those states that are in the in the north, it's it's you know it's cold and you know and and my excuse to my my answer to that is Yep, if you go play in Maine or you're going to play in New Hampshire or you're going to play in Minnesota in the spring, it's going to be cold. But you know what? Those teams are playing a spring season. Yeah. So they're playing in the cold. And my other answer to that is, okay, so I might have to go to Minnesota and play a cold game. Well, you know what? I have to go to Florida State in September and I play in 98 degrees yeah. weather. So <laughs> it's part of the weather's part of the, the deal, right? I mean, so uh, I hear that. I hear facilities will we share with lacrosse or whatever. And I said, you know what? When I was at Notre Dame, before we built our new stadium, our men, our women, our men and women's lacrosse team, all four of us shared one grass stadium field. And we mm -hmm. figured out how to make it work in the spring. And I said, your athletic directors will make it work. If, yeah. if this is passed and we're playing a spring season. If it's their job, it if, will it, come it's out. Their, if it's their, their job now and it's it, it, we're playing in the second semester, they're going to find an answer to the facility problem. So I hear that one. I hear a little bit about development. Well, the, the players that don't play much in the fall, the spring is our development time. And my answer to that is we're actually getting more development time because yeah. right now our schedule as it is, in our conference, for example, we play Thursday, Sunday. Well, Mondays, everybody's got the required day off with the NCAA, so we're off Monday. We train Tuesday, but then Wednesday's light, Thursday's a game, Friday's light, yeah. Saturday's light, you got a game Sunday, so you have one training day. Yep. And if you play on Friday, Sunday, you've got two days, Tuesday and Wednesday to train. Yeah. And I said, this way, one game a weekend, you got 
Monday through Thursday or Tuesday through Friday. You can get four good days of training in. Still have a light day on Saturday if you want to play on Sunday or have a light day Friday to play on Saturday. So, so you're going to get more development time. And then the other side of that is for those that argue, well, my players that didn't play much in the fall, the spring's the time they get to play games and get that development. I said, yeah, but think about it this way. If our kids, and you guys know this as coaches, if our kids come in in August, the preseason, and they're not ready to play for whatever reason, Physic yeah. physically they're not there, tactically they're not there, skill-wise, whatever it is, if they're not ready to play, then after you get through your preseason and you start your games, the odds are those kids aren't going to help you that fall season. No. So we're waiting on the spring to develop. Here what I'm saying to those coaches is, look, now if I've got those same kids and I've got them all week to train instead of one day a week, and playing games, that player's more likely to help me, if not anything else, at least in the spring half of my season. And so now they're getting to play meaningful games during the year. Yeah. Otherwise, those kids are they're unhappy because they didn't play in the fall, and then they look, you know, they want to transfer out yep. because. So now we have a chance for those players to actually develop to be able to help you through the year, and I think that's important uh, that they get to play and help you during your actual season. Yeah, two of the things I always thought were interesting. The cold weather thing was always funny to me because, like, anyone who's ever like I played college soccer in the Midwest. Right. We're playing in December up there, like for the NCAA tournament. It's it's right. 15 degrees anyway. Yeah, it's like, it's cold. cold any time of the right. year. No, no. I mean, do you think the Bundesliga in Germany just wants to cancel their season? because yeah. it's cold I mean you know it, it, I just what I came down to when I presented this to our ACC coaches because we still have quite a few of those that, that weren't in favor of it I think we're getting them starting to come around now a little bit but I left it with them this way and I would leave it with all of our other coaches this way every argument that I've heard against it doesn't outweigh two things if we're really genuine as people about what we say we if we care about and love our players like we say we do and if we care about academics like we say we do, yeah. then I've not heard one excuse from any coach in the country yet to date over the last six months of doing this. I've not heard one excuse that outweighs kids being in class all week <laughs> and their health and welfare being taken care of. You can argue cold, that's not an excuse to do this. You can argue facilities, that's not an excuse to take care of our kids and keep them in class. So I just haven't heard a good excuse. If we really want to be real with ourselves and practice what we preach, because we're always out on the recruiting trail preaching, hey, I care about you, I love you as a player, you know, you'll be taken care of here. Yes, class is important, our kids do. But then all of a sudden we want to pull them out two or three days a week and we're okay with that. And and uh, we want to play multiple games and we want to preseason practice two or three times a day. and. You know, we're not we're not taking care yeah. of the kids. Well, like you said too, like with the whole development thing, like I don't. Everybody who coaches in college knows during the season we probably get one or two days that are actual training sessions. Exactly. Everything else is recovery. It's recovery. So in a development where you're only playing one day a week, that's guaranteed five or six days. Absolutely. That you're going to depend on if you have a game or not. That's right. gonna, that you're getting five or six days of training. Training. Absolutely. Yeah. So don't, I again. Yeah. To say to, like, okay, I'm just I'm just a. National D license from 2008, advanced national diploma from two years ago. I recognize that yeah. training philosophy, yeah. you know? It, like You're right, and it's not rocket science, and that's why I'm saying the excuses. I think there's a comfort zone with the coaches because yeah. especially at Division One level, yeah. we've got pretty good jobs. You yeah. know? Most are paid pretty well. 
Yep. And I think, I don't want to say we have lazy coaches out there, but I think we have a lot of coaches just comfortable the way it is. Do you want Nick to say it and for you? Don't. Can you go ahead and say Some that? Some lazy coaches yeah. out okay. there. Yeah. Some lazy coaches. But you I, all know who you yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> but, I do, but I do think that because I think there's some that just, some that are just reluctant to change. Some of the schools go, man, I've got this down the way it is. I'm in the tournament every year. I'm competing for championships every year. I like this. I don't want to do anything that's going to disrupt that. But at the end of the day, I think I, I just go back to that with the kids and going, if we really could. Listen, if I were the parent of a 22 recruit and younger, and really even now, 20s and 21s, but if I were a parent, I would go in and ask that question to a coach. Yeah. Are you in Absolutely. favor of the two-semester model or not? Because yeah. if coach is not, then I would have concerns that I'm not, that they don't have my best interest at yeah. heart. And the, and the other thing I was going to say about that, like, especially every single one of us coaches at the college level, we deal with an injury during the season. Yep. Right now, I have a girl who pra practiced before, or two practices before our first game of the year, rolled her ankle, grade yep. two ankle sprain. Like we got to like the end of October and she was finally healthy again. Right. It's like, is it worth trying to do it? Or we're, we ended up redshirting her because right. we had two weeks left. Yeah. And it's like, that kid, if we're doing one thing in, she's she'd miss a quarter of her season. Absolutely. She wouldn't miss her entire season. That's and right. now staying like possibly an extra semester just to play soccer. And yeah, it's just no, like, you're exactly right. That's yeah. It, it, it just, there's so many valid reasons to do it. Yeah. And the other thing is maybe if you take a look, the rest of the world's kind of doing it. Yeah. Sancho had a great uh, graph up yesterday. I saw in there and he showed he had uh, men and women's college soccer average days between games four. it had, um, MLS, 6.2, something like that. It had NWSL, it was six or seven days between games. It had English Premier League, it was 7.2 days between games. And it just went on. And you look at it, it was like a sore thumb with college soccer. It had the youth DA, I think it was six days and something between games. And you look at men and women's college soccer and going, wait, a maximum of four days between games. This is this is crazy. I mean, like and high school's at, even worse. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. yeah. Look at I mean, right now, like over the Christmas, like how many English Premier League coaches have complained about the Christmas schedule? That's yeah. a regular day in the life of any college coach. That's right. That's that's right. Well, every it's interesting because every time we have a guest here, like a Verhagen or some of these sports science people that come in and do the the, the conventions with us, every time they they do a presentation, it's about uh, it's, their their periodization is off the professional model. Yeah. But then when we come up as a college coach and go, hey, here's what we do. We play these two games a week, and we can only practice this many days. Like what we, and they look at you like, oh, I wouldn't do it. That's crazy. That's yeah. stupid. Like, I don't have an answer for nope. you. I, I don't have a solution because that's not the way it should be done. And so uh, I'm hopeful that we're getting enough push. A lot of this is the good thing about it is we have the benefit of waiting to see if it passes in April for the men. If it passes in April for the men, then if we can get the coaches on board with it, we could get it into the legislative cycle that year and still have it ready for us to go in effect in 2022 when the men do. So that would be in an ideal world. I think this all should go in to, together. together, you know? Yep. And, you know, I, I think, how are the women college coaches gonna feel out there if it passes with the men and we don't do it, and then all of a sudden, I've gotta take my girls out to training in the spring just to train, and our guys are out there getting ready for a game. Yeah. How, how are we going to feel and how are we going to justify that to our players? That like, yeah, I'm sorry, you guys don't get to play any real games here. They're, yeah. they're getting ready for a big game. And you get to go play a local it, it, uh, a local team at, it, on it, a Saturday. Exactly, exactly. Game doesn't really count, though, so. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. 
Well, we know you're a busy man. You've got places to be. Thank you again so much for coming on and being a, a supporter of us and, and always being there to help out. You got it, man. You guys do great stuff. I've already told you that, but keep it going, and uh, everybody needs to keep listening to you. I always like having a, a recording of Randy putting us over. It's, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. the best thing in the world. Yeah, we yeah. we uh, just like we play it for ourselves every few yeah. days. Just, uh, <laughs> just like, all right, on Monday no, morning, you, rough you Monday do. morning, keep, Randy, keep doing what you're, awesome. doing. You're, you're helping the game, and then keep doing what you guys are doing. Thanks. I mean, I, every time I, we talk to Randy, I'm just, I wonder why this dude talks to us. I mean, he's just so, <laughs> he's so awesome. You know, like he's, every time I talk to him, I'm like, God, I feel so enlightened. And like, I also don't know anything simultaneously. And so it, it's always pretty funny whenever we get done talking to him because he's just, he's such a special coach and does such an amazing job with just not only his own programs, but just like, I mean, he's just, I, my favorite thing about him, I think is how open he's always been for all of our listeners. Anyone that's ever tried to reach out to him, like they, he's more than willing to talk to him. Like he's just, he's all about just trying to just better the soccer community and give everyone the best shot to, to be successful that you could possibly have. And, you know, we, we, we speak about Randy and how, you know, we, we, we conversate with him uh, every so often. And, you know, here's a guy that, um, you know, who, who's very big into his school. And, and if you look at his social media, a majority of it is either former players of his or it's his current school. And for this guy to uh, to take just a few seconds out of his day uh, and and send uh, some wishes uh, to my my new team uh, and and spoke way too highly of me. Um, uh, that was one that uh, when I got the notification, I got the notification as I was driving home from school and it was one that kind of made me like sit back in the seat a little bit and kind of take that in like, holy cow, Randy Waldrum just said that about me. And it was like, I really forgot for a moment that like, here's a guy that we've talked to numerous times. Here's a guy that we've hung out with at convention twice now. And this dude's saying this about me. It's like, how crazy is this? And that's what, you know, we talked before why we call Randy Waldrum the good brother because he embodies what we're trying to do with this. Like he wants to reach out. He wants to help coaches. He wants to learn from other coaches as well. Um, you know, as, as we've said on the show with him before, he's not learning anything from us, but you know, he wants to, to get out there and know more coaches and see how they're doing things. Cause it's something that may help him. And he's somebody that I, I tell coaches all the time when they say, you know, who's someone I can contact, uh, to, to try to gain more knowledge. Randy's the very first person I tell him. Yeah. I mean, he is, again, he's just a special kind of coach that, just truly cares about everyone that he interacts with and just like, again, is just a really good person that just, again, wants to make the soccer community better. I don't think we've ever met a person that, that, that we truly just know is going to be is respectful and caring and everything like to anyone that he comes in contact with. That's why he's the uh, he's the good brother, and uh, we absolutely 
Um, we, we love everything about Randy and, and what he stands for and what he's doing. And that's a program that I think we made the comment when he took the job, like it's not going to be long before they're in the, uh, the national talk. And I mean, he's brought in two really good recruiting classes and they did really well last year and, and they're only on their way up. They got a good thing going over there at Pittsburgh. Um, man, what a, a crazy week. Uh, we had convention, uh, we had, uh, I guess if you want to consider, you know, the soccer chat effect taking place. But now Nick and I are actually heading this week, as you heard uh, on last week's show, Nick and I are heading to Chicago um, where we're going to be awarded the Illinois Youth Soccer Top Soccer uh, 2020 uh, Community Partners of the Year Award. Uh, And I'm so like... Probably like of all the awards I've gotten from coaching, this one's going to probably be like 1A, 1B. And I think I may have mentioned that last week, um, along with a a positive image award that I won from a a high school student that nominated me when I was their club coach. Uh, But this is like one of the coolest things that uh, that I think I'm going to be a part of, that we'll be a part of. um, That And I say I as in like I've not been to things like this before. Um, And so, you know, for us to be going there and, and getting to hang out with Sean Danhauser, uh, you're bringing Kelly. I'm bringing Casey. Uh, it's going to be a really, really good time. Uh, and, and, and I think we just need to uh, sit back and soak it all in because it may be the only time ever in you and I's history that we might be considered important people. Dude, well, like my favorite, like, like one of the funniest things about it is like, like this will be the first time for all of our listeners like that we've seen each other two weekends in a row. Yeah, that's never happened before. Nope. And I think we did say it. This is the tenth time we've ever actually been in the same presence together. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I guess I do have to. I, I should have. I would. I. You know what? I was going to text us, but I knew you would answer because my wife was trying to figure something out. What are you wearing to this uh, this gala? I'm suiting up. Okay. So you know what? I I said this to her because she was like, "What's Nick going to wear?" And I was like, "Probably a suit and tie." Her first response: Does he own one? Whoa, and I was like, yes, right now. And she was like, well, you know, you guys always say he just has like four pairs of gray sweatpants and a bunch of red hoodies. And I was also like, I, <laughs> and I was like, well, I think Nick, Nick has two different dressing styles and he's either got the red hoodie and the uh, mama sweatpants on or he wears a suit and tie. And she's like, well, how do you know that? I was like, cause that's the only things I've ever seen him wear in pictures. You're correct. So, you know, I, I was like, you know, if he goes hoodie, I might have to find hoodie and go with him. Um, but I, I, I think I'm going to go with the suit, but I don't think I'm going to go with a tie. I like, honestly, like, I feel like some people can pull off the no tie. I'm not a person that can pull off the no tie. How do you know? I, because I've tried and it just doesn't look as good on me. Like you're, you're kind of a smooth cat. And so like, I feel like you could, you could pull off the no tie. It's it's not it's not a me thing. No, it's a you have to believe that you can pull it off. <laughs> I feel I feel like that way with all fashion, you know, because everybody says, oh, like, that's not a look for me. No, like you make the look. You decide like, yeah, this is my look. It's going to be my look. That's and if fair. you want to if you want to join me and have that look, then let's do it. Let's go all in. All in I, for I, I no ties. All in for no ties. Dude, I, I what, what if I what if I convince Sean Danhauser to not wear a tie either? I feel like there's I, if you convince no tie to not wear a tie, I won't I won't wear a tie. What what color? Uh, you said you got a black jacket. 
Yeah. Oh, I know. Mine's like gray. Okay, gray. All right. I got a gray one. What color undershirt are you going to wear? Blue. Okay. Is it a dark blue or is it like a see-through light blue? Because that dark. determines if you can go tie or no tie. Darker blue. Yeah. No tie. No tie. You're in. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Kelly be the final judge of all this. No, 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 no. I can't, I can't let my fiance like have a say at all. Not at all. <laughs> it's all not right. a, this isn't about you, Kelly. I know you're listening to this. It's not <laughs> about you right now. Um, so yeah, team no tie will be in effect, uh, this Friday, uh, up in Chicago. Um, excited to hang out with Sean Dan Hauser. Such a great guy. Um, and, uh, I he wants to celebrate and by golly, I'm ready to celebrate with him uh, and celebrate the name of Toss Soccer. I'm excited about meeting the buddies of the year, uh, their players of the year, their coaches of the year. I, I, I want to get to know them. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just going to be a good time uh, for a good cause uh, and, and just trying to bring awareness. And as we've said before, when it comes to top soccer, if there's if there's one in your area and you're not involved and you're a soccer coach, go get involved. It's such a great like such a great getaway from your your teams that you work with to be able to go with these kids who are so happy that you're there and working with them and playing with them and having fun with them uh you know it's such a great release to go be a part of that every single time that you coach it'll it'll really bring a love uh for for this that, that you may have never had before if you don't have a top soccer program in your area and sean's gonna hate me for for saying this but he's not really you need to reach out to, to sean danhauser on Twitter at top soccer, Sean with a W uh, because some people decide they like to spell their names wrong. Um, they, you know, get with in contact with Sean. Sean will tell you how to get a top soccer program started in your area. It's something that I think is very needed. It's such a great program. Uh, it's such a great alternative uh, for the players who are involved with that compared to other things that they may be able to be a part of and things that they may not be able to be a part of because certain programs like it only accept certain things for, for kids. So Top Soccer is a program that is for everyone, no matter what uh, what the case may be. Top Soccer is for everyone. Uh, and we try to spread the message of that because at Soccer Chat, we love Top Soccer and we want you to love it too. One of the things that you're going to love is all the new items and things at Dutik Brand, dutikbrand.com, where you saw one of our favorite Soccer Chat listeners and an alum uh, who's way too nice of a person uh, sent me uh, when all this kind of got out that, uh, that I had gotten a job, sent me a brand new uh, DXL and XL with the Brescia Bearcat on it. Um, and my, uh, packaging even said, you know how it says like, you know, say like Nick Rezo, then your address yeah. on, on the package. Mine said <laughs> new head coach, Sean Soderling. And it. I was just like, cause at first, like my, my wife saw the package. She was like new head coach. Oh, that's you. And I was like, what? And I didn't see who it was. I didn't see like the Dutik brand at the top. And I was just like, who, what is this? And then open it up. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, so shout out to, uh, my soccer chat slash Dutik brand secret admirer who uh, who has blessed me with uh, with some Dutik brand gifts uh, since we've got the show going. Um, also, go over to Torx T O R R X dot com. A great question uh, from our friend Don Crow this evening on Soccer Chat, who said, "What would you give a new college coach?" And someone had the great response, and I wish I could remember who it was. Uh, and as I drop my phone on the, uh, the microphone. Um, somebody had a really, really great response 
uh, to it that said something along the lines of, um, I, I'm answering first, and I guarantee there's going to be about 90 people that say, Dutik brand and a Torex. And literally, like the next five responders all said, Dutik brand and a Torex. That's phenomenal. I, I absolutely loved it. And speaking of Torex, check it out, T-O-R-X.com. Let them know that Sean and Nick sent you uh for for all i mean just it's an amazing ball pump you say well it's just a ball pump you have no idea it uh it, it is that credible oh, here i go i got it uh alex denning at alex denning 10 uh, said about 300 people who are about to say dutik brand and they won't be wrong and that is very very true um uh, just nash said the gift of a membership to organizations like we coach and united coaches brennan uh mcgivney said dutik brand uh, and then obviously Bobby Puppioni chimed in and said, Dutig brand Torek. So let them both know that Soccer Chat sent you. Uh, shout outs to, to everybody over there at Dutig brand. Use the promo code Soccer Chat uh, when you're checking out for a sweet discount. And also over at Torex, make sure to let them know in your Amazon rating uh, when you purchase one that you heard it here on Soccer Chat. Big shout out. Big shout out to the boys over at bounce athletics zach and the guys are taking care of our listeners by using the promo code soccer chat when you email them your order or filing on their website you're getting 50 dollars off your first order they've got amazing training balls which we've talked to you about already they've got amazing dynamo goals which we've talked to you about already but let me tell you i'm so excited to be receiving fairly soon my training bibs from them customized training bibs from bounceathletics.com don't believe me. Go check it out. It's top quality stuff. You're, it, it, I've said this, I think, for the last month. You're going to love it. Absolutely. It's going to be awesome. And also to our guys, Ellis Riley and the mates uh, over at Soccer IQ One. Those are just a few of the uh, the many who support the show. And if you want to support this show in any way that you can, go hit that share button whenever the shows come out. Let your friends know that you're listening to Soccer Chat and tweet out the links whenever you get the opportunity to. Also join us every single Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time and where we get out and we do networking, we do coaching development questions, and we just have a really good time. And speaking of really good time, and I think everybody may have saw the video from Don Crow, yes, it is official. Nick and I are available for weddings. If you need a wedding singer, you can call Nick and I because we've got the goods when it comes to singing. If you want to ask us more, maybe about our wedding singer abilities, Nick, where can someone get a hold of you? Yeah, I mean, one, I mean, we have a good variety too for people Absolutely. that are curious. We, we definitely I, think, don't. I do think, speaking of that though, I think people would be surprised which of us does what type of songs. I agree. Like the. Like there are definitely before we get to our our, uh, our social media names, I do think that you, yeah, people would definitely be like they would not predict if we gave them the full set list from the night and we said who sang what song, there there's no way in the world they'd be able to guess it. Yeah, I think only one that I that I do, I think people would actually guess. Yes, and I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I I think most people know that one too. Yeah, but if, you, if you've uh, been at karaoke with me, everyone knows what one that is. Yeah, but other than that, no, I mean, it's honestly, it's one of those things where I think we have such a good variety that people would you, you would you would just truly appreciate what me and Sean bring to the table with our uh, with our karaoke. We we will we will make sure that you are entertained by the time you leave. How long much longer do we have to do the show to where when we do a live show at 
you know, it's our coaches convention. They give us a like massive like ballroom and a live band. Oh, dude, if they they were if they could only be so smart. I think I think we could pull it off. If we go to Philadelphia, we're calling the Roots. We're back, Roots. We need your help, dude. If they could, God, that would be like if we ever get to the point where that happens. I I think I could die. Like that would be <laughs> that would be where it'd be like, yep, nope, Nick, you had you had the perfect run. This is where time is, your time has come. Yep, this is the end all be all. You, you're not getting any better than this. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of better than this, you know, how can uh, if you the better conversation with us is is on Twitter? Maybe you want to ask Nick his preferred karaoke song. Nick, how can they do that? At Coach and Rizzo, and I so for the sake of we're, us both sharing this today, if you want to follow our social media, it's at Scott's W Soccer. I think you gotta put yours out there for yourself. What's yours, and what's the the new team name? Mine is at Coach Soderling, and we are at Brescia B R E S C I A W Sock. Uh, much love for all those that are following. We really appreciate it, uh, and it'll it'll make me very very happy. If you follow them, we got some big things in store. Like I said, soccer chat, it's just, it's just, it's a great place. Uh, so many of our friends we saw at the Wisconsin symposium, so many listeners to the show, so many participants in the Twitter chat. It was so great to see you guys. Uh, and you know, I guess I'm just going to put it out there. We want to do more events like that. If your area, if you're listening to this right now and you do some type of coaching event, get a hold of us. We, we're not hard to find. Hit up, hit us up on the Twitter. We want to come to your event, do what we can to help out, uh, bring some, some awareness to it. Maybe do some promoting for you. Uh, you know, we've already discussed with, uh, with the Wisconsin women in soccer advisory council, some ideas that we've got for next year. And I think after talking to Shannon, we might be able to pull off the ultimate, the ultimate soccer chat get. So, uh, you just have to stay tuned to next year and everybody who said that they missed it as soon as the announcement comes out that they're doing it again you better get your tickets because if Shannon has her way you definitely want to be at the social afterwards if you get what I mean he's Nick, I'm Sean and the best part about soccer chat is we get to do this all over again next week Nick, we'll catch you later see you later brother